Welcome to Iona, a podcast exploring feminine approaches to life, aligning with seasons, cycles, and rhythms that make life feel more artful than linear. I'm Allie Kessler, a fiction writer, a jack-of-all-trades creative, a pattern weaver, and a practitioner of many mystical systems. And I'm Anne-Marie Vivienne. I'm a shamanic practitioner, ceremonialist, and writer. I guide and counsel people on their journey to healing and sovereignty, empowering clients to become their own healers. As a ceremonialist, I officiate nature-based weddings and host groups for seasonal celebrations and transformations. Hello, hello. Welcome to a late Taurus season episode. <laughs> We're getting around to it. We're, around to We're just it. taking our time. <laughs> so this month, there's so much, there's so much going on right now. And we had the longest pre-talk, partially because we haven't seen each other in like, I feel like two, two months, months or something. Which is insane. <laughs> so we'll have yeah. to catch up on. And um, we decided to pick... For Taurus season, an animal spirit card from the wild unknown because, I don't know, in my in my perspective with Taurus, it's sort of an animalistic sign. Yeah, <laughs> so, I love this animalistic sign. And we got a really adorable one. You're going to love it. The otter. <laughs> so the otter, it says, unobstructed joy, playfulness, contentment. Perhaps the most joyful creature within the animal spirit deck, the otter represents absolute bliss. Otter energy is the playfulness of a child available to us at any age. They have a giddiness and reverence for life itself without the uh, presence of doubt, worry, or skepticism. Imagine yourself with a little more otter energy. What would life look like? What would it take to bring you there? The otter card begs these questions and wants to transport us to the uh, precious place, to that precious place as soon as possible. Uh, the celebration awaits. When in balance, full of love, needs nothing. When out of balance, gloomy sighs makes silly excuses. To bring into balance, dance party or celebration. I mean, I, here we are. Does it get any better? Here we are. We've had some wine. <laughs> I do feel I have something to bring up in relation to this that I'm wondering about is we're in eclipse season, specifically with um, where the lunar nodes are. You don't have to fully follow what I'm saying, but I'm getting technical here <laughs> astrologically. Where the lunar nodes are traveling, which are opposed to each other's, where the different eclipses happen every, they're six months apart and there's two every six months, a new moon and a full moon eclipse. So we've already had the Taurus new moon eclipse and then in a little less than a week, we'll have the full moon eclipse. But the North Node, which in my opinion is when a sign, if it, the North Node's traveling through a sign, it's getting a 19-year re, a reboot, like going on a new 19-year journey. So the ending degrees of Taurus are getting that reboot, but we're not there yet. And the sun is still behind the North Node in these shadowy places. But when we're recording this, we're like 
two days away from that crossing where I do feel like we've kind of been swimming in some shadows and more difficult, complex things, but I think, and it might be about the time when this gets published, that crossing brings like a new clarity and a new direction, a new order, and Taurus is about pleasure and affection, and you know, it's ruled by Venus, so love and beauty and form and function and the senses, and so, I mean, Otter seems very... I don't know, appropriate yeah. to, because it has like a little bit of, you know, that, that ease totally. and energy it has, it has this newbie feel to it, and yeah. so like this new Taurus energy, so you combine the newness and pleasure and affection, and I feel like our otter fits, so totally. I think from where we are right now in two days, I think we'll have a very different will be in this otter feeling. Oh, man. Because yeah. <laughs> it's that's... not what I feel right now. <laughs> we're, we're aiming towards we're aiming otter. otter. <laughs> I don't know. The, the phrase just popped into my head, like the purity of pleasure. Yeah, I You love know, that. just like... It is. It's just like... Just... Just, just innocent, yeah. pure... The joy of being alive. Just like yeah. those silly... Impulsive. Silly little things that like... Easy. Yeah. As grown-ups, I think we tend to dismiss, you know, these, yeah. like, easy w- thing, these yeah. things that bring us easy joy, like, because... And I yeah. do know someone with this Taurus orientation, with Taurus right before the North Node, and yeah. they have an odd feeling to them. Yeah? Just love life and yeah. enjoy life and know I, how to yeah. touch and feel life. Yeah. I think I know someone. <laughs> it's yeah. an enviable... It is, actually. Enviable uh, quality, for sure. Absolutely. I know another famous person with this orientation, but not so much. But, <laughs> but I know they are hedonistic from the gospel. Yeah. But. No, I always tell people what I love about Taurasians is that... They love the yummy things in life. Yes. That's how I say it. I'm like, they are just it is yummy. It's hedonistic, for sure, yeah. quality. Yeah, like, but I also equate it like developmentally with the years of 7 to 14. So right. it's when you're really navigating enculturation and understanding the rules of your culture and society and developing like a moral conscience and really discovering what civilization means versus just being more animalistic. So it's a time of navigating imagination and wildness versus properness and, you know, etiquette. So a little bit of, like, you begin to tame that wildness a little bit. It's a negotiation in those years. And and I think every kid comes out of it with a different orientation there, a different agreement between those two sides of themselves, you know? Totally. You know, like I have a very good test if you have, you know, a niece or nephew or a child in this age range to show them, either read to them or watch The Jungle Book. Oh, and yeah. how they react to it will say a lot about where they fall on that spectrum. So I have a nephew who's seven, yeah, 
and I was just in California about a month ago with him, and you know I haven't spent a whole lot of time with him, and so it was fun to, you know, be in the same house and get to, yeah. you know, kind of get more <coughs> familiar and whatnot. So I put the Jungle Book on one night, yeah. and um, he absolutely couldn't do it. He was like, "This no. is giving me no, a, like I'm spinning out of control. <gasps> it's giving me a headache. Like he <gasps> needs to go live with the humans. These animals are very dangerous." And I was like, "Okay, I have well, he's, never. I mean, he's wow." Seven, and so he's like at the early stages. He's just like civilization all the way. <laughs> wow! I've but I would of... imagine a lot of kids are a little bit more like, "Don't go with the human." I mean, I'm an adult, and I'm like, "I want to live with the I, animals." Yeah, I'm an adult, and I feel sad when he has to go live with the humans. I mean, like, I think anyone could do this test on themselves to see where their inner child landed. You know, that's so fascinating. Um, and he has this archetype. He has a general archetype. Like, he loves Darth Vader, and he wants to have a birthday party where everyone comes a stormtrooper so he can boss them around. <laughs> and I'm like, well, he's a general. He wants things ordered. Yeah. He wants things controlled. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't go into the dark with that. <laughs> don't, don't go to the dark side. I know. My brother's all concerned. I'm like, well, maybe you can find a show that has, like, a positive general archetype. <laughs> Is you know, there? I don't know where there is one. If any of you have any me. suggestions, please let, let us know. <laughs> we need some help. Because I don't, like when you say a general archetype, I don't naturally think dark or evil, but like, you know, <coughs> Darth Vader's not. I mean, I kind of do, because I just have a general bias against oh, yeah. anything military. Right, right. Like, uh, what? No. Mm. See, and I've been event planning, and that's kind of an archetype you have to have, so I'm, like, very familiar with, like, the purpose of that and right. what it's needed and how it is effective. And not against it, but, like, if I were to watch Jungle Book, I'm like, I want to live with the animals. Right. I mean, gosh, that's... I feel like I'm having a really hard time understanding anyone who doesn't want to live <laughs> with the animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, it's an interesting... I think that's a fun test for anyone to do. Like, yeah, yeah revisit Jungle Book and, like, where do you fall on the spectrum? Where's your like, anxiety? Your animal side versus your civilized side. <laughs> At what point do you get anxiety? <laughs> that will tell you where you're spect- where you lay on the spectrum. <laughs> going, going back to work, basically. No! No! Yeah, exactly. I will just wear a loincloth. It's cool. I have a tree house. Yeah. I have some animals I commune with. They're not my pets. We just commune and, like, do things. It's yes. awesome. Okay. That's a good test. I know where I land on the test. Pretty um, far on the wild side. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Anyway, now that it's interesting, I think we can kind of reflect back because I think the tone is about to change to otter, but I think it's been more panthery, shadowy leading up to this. And there's been, you know, the Roe v. Wade overturning, there's been the Depp Heard case that's been pop culture huge. What else is big? COVID still happening. COVID still happening. To me, though, all of these things are very Tarisian to me. It's about body. Yeah. You know, 
body autonomy with abortion as healthcare or not. And with the Depp Heard case, it's physical abuse. And there's a lot of shadows coming out around body and yeah. animalistic qualities and I don't know. There's just, there's a lot to say there that I probably shouldn't get into because maybe some of you guys will unfollow me if I hey you know what us, unfollow us. I mean, you might as well know who we are if by what we're into our almost ending our third year. So if you don't know who we are, here we are. But yeah, no, I feel like too that as much as there's like, it's interesting that we pulled the otter card because I think. So much that's going on in in the public and as a collective, things that are going on around the body are so heavy. Yeah. And so wounded. So wounded. And so to be able to pull the the otter card of being of remembering like the body is something to enjoy. Yeah. It is not this battlefield that it has been made into. To enjoy, but also to know. Um, this is more specifically, I, I don't want anyone to think I'm talking about the abortions, but it's more specifically about death herd. And this is talking about them pre yeah, toxic relationship. I think it's also easy to go off the deep end with hedonism that yeah. then takes you into some toxic places. Right. So there is a, a, well, I guess that's my threshold. There is a line for me with hedonism. Yes. Where it gets just... Destructive. Destructive and animalistic. Yeah. Um, anyway. No, yeah, I think that's good to, to acknowledge there is a line. But it is also yeah. like, yeah, but like, it is something to question where you lay in terms of being able to enjoy body and connect to body and... I wonder though, how embodied are you, you know? Well, how would you then, because in a way, you know... And how much do you think you have a right to your own body, talking about the abortion stuff? Yeah. For me, I wonder though, if the dysfunction is actually happening in the mind and not the body. I feel like there's a wisdom through the body. Like, the body knows what it needs, right? Yeah, totally. And I think we get in our heads... And we disconnect from our bodies, and that's where this hedonism goes wrong, right? Where mm-hmm. we convince ourselves, you know, we convince ourselves that our addictions are actually helping us, or we convince ourselves that, you know, it's okay to be quote unquote wild in these ways, but that's not a true wildness, right? Like, right, I feel like right. a true wildness is actually probably. Probably the most healthy thing. Knows its limits. Knows it what knows, it's feeling off. It, yeah. It honors what it's feeling. It yeah. honors what it needs and right. what it doesn't need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like we have a severe... I feel like, yeah, these things that go wrong with the body are actually happening in the yeah. head. Well, and I think... Yeah, I think a lot of it does have to do with enculturation, too. Like, yeah. what you're modeled as... Yeah. What's modeled to you as... And maybe for some it's not even, for some it might be modeled and for some it might be a reaction to a parent or family dynamic or peers you're around that are um, unstable, you know, and so then you swing greatly in a different direction that might be too far, you know, like, I mean, there's so many. Yeah. 
yeah, but I do think, yeah, the mind-body interaction, probably, it's a uh, negotiation. <laughs> it is. Well, I think if we talk about civilization, right, like, that's very much a, 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 co- a yeah. mindful oh, construct, sure. yeah. right? Yeah. Like, it's, and it, and I feel like civilization, and I'm using my, my scare quote fingers, civilization has nothing, to, if anything, it has it's all about subduing the body, right? Yeah. And, and ignoring it. And yeah. and so I feel like that's when addiction mm-hmm. happens, is when we disconnect. Well, honestly, I, I'm someone who has, I'm sort of in this liminal space where I'm like between school and a job or figuring out what I'm doing. So I'm like yeah. really been watching the Depp Heard case live. Because why wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> I've learned a lot about lawyers and psychologists <laughs> and try like more than just their story, I'm learning other things. It's so I'm academic, justifying myself. It's an academic pursuit. <laughs> it's an academic yes. pursuit at this point. <laughs> but now I've lost my point. I was <laughs> talking was about like constructs of the mind and oh, disconnecting from the body. The biggest takeaway I have is whatever the truth is, I probably won't share what I think my truth is um, or what I believe the truth is because you can't know unless you were there. Um, yeah. I think they were both severely, severely wounded in these age ranges. Right. I mean, earlier too, but like, you know, it's a... It's a that negotiation in them around mm. body and culture and yeah. um, knowing their boundaries, knowing healthy constructs. I think yeah. they were both very severely wounded there. Yeah. It's interesting to think A lot of inner child issues there. <laughs> trying to think of like when they were that age, like, what, late 70s, early 80s in America, bananas, like, mm-hmm. you know, just even those broader cultural messages that were being Right. Sent. And a lot of us, I think, were being raised during that. And, um, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they were both uh, admittedly physically abused and, yeah, yeah not, not good yeah. dynamics in their childhood, yeah. for sure, so can only imagine that (laughs) we play those out as adults still and it's that's um, interesting that like I really believe that we're here to experience pleasure at the end of the day like Mm -hmm. and when you have that woundedness and I think all of us could probably think of you know something right oh yeah and then how that kind of distorts our pursuit for pleasure. Absolutely. It's like, and so whether you're pursuing it from that wounded place or a healed, like really authentic place, it can make all the difference. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's, I mean, it's something I love, love, love about Taurus and my Teresian friends and humans is how they do know pleasure they know pleasure and it's so fun it's yeah. so it's actually so nourishing and healing to be around them and they are healthy you know you know that's also one of the four fixed signs so there's a comfort any of the fixed signs to me there's always like a deeper comfort in themselves mm-hmm. and yes yeah. they definitely for Taurus it's a comfort in yeah 
in pleasure, whether it's, you know, I, I would imagine some Tauruses have body issues, but there is some sort of comfort with pleasure that I think most of them, and a lot of them in my experience, have a comfort in body too. That's interesting because I think that, I don't even know if this is the first time I'm going to say this on this podcast, but... <laughs> So my boyfriend, <laughs> I was just, you know, I was catching up with another friend earlier today and I hadn't seen her in a very long time. So she didn't even know that there is a boyfriend in my life, but I showed her a, a picture so she could get a visual and he is a Taurus. And she just said, the first thing she said is he looks so comfortable and at home in his body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, Yep. Absolutely. And I like, I love learning that sensibility mm-hmm. from him. It's like a, such a... Well, like you have a Taurus moon. I have so. a Taurus moon. So it's... <laughs> emotionally. It's emotionally. I, I want to be a little more comfortable. I, I, I do. I feel like, yeah, I do have a... Like I was saying earlier, I do love this pursuit of pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> So there's a security to that, but it's, it's, a little it's slightly different right with someone who has that as their son who just like for sure is all that but yeah Mm -hmm. it's really it's really comfortable and beautiful and nourishing to be around it but it's interesting to me seeing a lot of shadow things come out in society around body around physicality and then picking this otter and feeling like the sun crossing the north node is this beautiful opportunity for everybody to reboot wherever Taurus is in their chart and reconnect with body and ownership of body. And that's where I, maybe I will share this opinion. Like it might be controversial. Let's do it. I am incredibly pro abortion, abortion is healthcare, part of healthcare. Um, but I do wonder as things go through these shadow phases, things dissolve. And I wonder if Roe v. Wade is out of date for what we need as a standard. And I know it's not great because there's going to be a period of time of fighting and people without access that they need. And that is tragic. Yeah. But such as the cycles of life, they are violent a little bit. And maybe this is a sign that we need a different and new standard to fight for. We need an updated version. An updated version. Yeah. So I'm not saying I like that this is dissolving. Right. But I think there's a purpose for it. That there's a fight ahead of us. Absolutely. It wakes us up to the fight. And there's going to be some casualties that... um, yeah, it's going to be difficult. I'm acknowledging for sure that like it's not ideal. Yeah. And it's going to be, of course, on the least privileged of our society, the worst. Right. But I do wonder if at the end of this, we end up with a better... Something better. ...standard yeah. to lean into or something. I don't know, something right. different. To address more of the systemic problems right. that are creating this. Yeah. Right. And that's not saying, like, give up, you know, of course we need to stand up and fight. Absolutely, yeah. Whatever, you know, it's not 
just define anything or saying like relax it's cool it's yeah not. no it's not well because if we relax then we don't end up getting <laughs> yeah better yeah it's igniting yeah. you know a new spark which is what happens with with the north node crossing anything it's a new spark it's a new passion it's a new fight yeah. you know or yeah. i mean it doesn't always have to be a fight but it can be a new fight you know right a new order a new direction so right Hopefully that brings something to some people listening that yeah. will really despondent about this. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I mean, it's not a thing of like, take your foot off the gas. No, it's not what I'm saying. It's uh, just saying maybe there's something different we need to look to. Yeah. To fight for. I mean, it, as yeah. a standard. <laughs> I think, I think in a way it's just, which is going to be an uphill battle. I mean, the Supreme Court is sort of stacked against this right now. So right, and I think know, it's more than just shouting. It's changing the yeah governmental dynamics. But yeah, and I think in a way, like there's so much of this happening, and it's just been feels like so much year after year over the past few years, like one thing after another that we have to keep fighting for mm-hmm. or you know, like things being uncovered and revealed and unearthed and, oh my gosh, we have to face this, we have to face this, we have to face this. And I can feel like, speaking of bodies, like, and I feel it in my own body sometimes, it's just this exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, oh my God, thank God for Tara's season of like, just wherever you can find the pleasure and the joy yeah. and the otter sensibility, like that's, like fuel yourself with right. that, you know, right. to be able to do the fight. Yes. Like, where can you find that joy? Where can you find that, like, physical, bodily, like, yeah. in your body pleasure to just nourish us to be able to just fight this craziness? It's insane. Yeah. It's just insane. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and um, on another body topic, and looking at this otter, it's making me feel better about the reaction I'm having so Mm. if you've been listening for a while you already know this about Anne and I but we're in Salt Lake City Utah it's prevalent Mormon community we both grew up Mormon and are not anymore and you know we've both done our own work and kind of moved on and yeah usually aren't triggered by things we've done a lot. Yeah, we of go work. by, we go through our days pretty okay. Yeah, it's an up and down thing. <laughs> but for the most part, we've kind of like done our. Anne lives right next door to the, to well, the Mormon temple. We are right, where we are literally recording. right now next door to the Mormon temple. <laughs> yes, we always, if you want to know, we always podcast next to the Mormon temple. Yeah. And lives next door to it. <laughs> for information. But. Speaking of Taurus and body reactions, like mentally, I think I've negotiated all these things and found reasoned ways of dealing with it because there's still, we both still have a lot of trauma, deeply Mormon people in our lives we have to get along (laughs) with and it's, it can be triggering sometimes, Um, but we've found ways to deal and to harmonize and to find the different spaces we need and whatever, you know? So 
But every once in a while, something will come along. And for me, that something came along and it was a body reaction. Mm. It was a body trigger. Yeah. My mind was still like, I'm past this, but my body was like, you can just, something's coming feel, up here. You can feel the tension. Just yeah. Like, oh. So on Hulu, there's a new series based off of a, a book that's been very popular called Under the Banner of Heaven. And... It's, I won't tell you too much about it, but it's a Mormon story and really based off of how specifically this religion, and I would say probably a lot of religions are semi the same, but specifically talking about Mormons and how its roots, it really dives back into the roots to explain how a tragedy happens and how it tens I you know I don't want to generalize and say every male turns out this way but and especially more modern males that keep up and are liberal and whatever yeah check themselves but it is a religion that does give men a lot of permissions and it can create a really uh a toxic kind of patterns of thinking about patriarchy and yeah, no, yeah, like that, and that toxicity that leads leads to actuals like really damaging, yeah. really, really damaging things, and it's real, and it's yeah. we both know many. I mean, maybe yeah. not as dramatic, but many. Yeah, yeah I think sometimes for stories me, about people that have not come out unscathed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And but this this one is a very you know like you know one of the worst. Yeah. cases of you know it's a murder and some very toxic men and different permissions they gave themselves due to church history and um it fully triggered me like I've always had a huge aversion like I'm really getting into storytelling and writing fiction and I've I mean it's been in my my blood basically my whole life but I'm finally unearthing it and exploring it and developing this in me but I've always my whole life had an aversion to wanting to know Mormon stories to being interested in pioneers to then even wanting to write anything that had anything to do with Utah I was just like no and this just like my whole body was like I have some fucking stories to tell about this place yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden I'm like oh I have some things to write and I've never had a desire to write about anything Utah yeah. at all and yeah. I'm like here yeah. we go and the body the does body, not the body reacted and it <laughs> yeah. was like no yeah. you have some very deep stories and those are the most interesting stories because they're ones that are in you you yeah. know well yeah and in my DNA and like my DNA goes back from you know, like I definitely feel like we follow our mother's lineage in terms of our nervous system wiring and things that have happened that, you yeah. know, lead to that. And I know when my mother's lineage came into more fast history type of intense cortisol nervous system wiring, and it was literally with this history. It's yeah my mom's lineage going back on the mother's line is the brother of Joseph Smith who did the church Hiram Smith his wife but he was killed tarred and feathered and killed with Joseph Smith and this wife is left alone with a gazillion kids and 
so much stress and so much trauma and that is directly my line and I feel it and it's like okay this is in me in such deep ways and I've got some stories to tell right well I think you know and that's you know I think a a good but now I'm looking at otter and I'm like maybe I'll find a joy in these stories sorry go ahead no I mean uh (laughs) yes actually I think yes I think that's a reminder of just like, I think often we resist these kind of healing processes because yeah. they feel so traumatic, but to remember that healing can be joyful and there can right. be this, like, there can be a pleasure in healing. Like healing should be a pleasurable experience right. and like getting this out, you know, right. like writing this and writing this story and can, yeah. can be such a pleasure. Uh, and uh, it's, you know, like I like fiction more than non-fiction non-fiction <laughs> and these real stories but it's yeah. it comes out in the same yeah expression I think and yeah. like so like yeah I don't have like literal stories I'm telling but like yeah. that trauma is in me and in my DNA and in my stress wiring yeah my nervous system and it's got I can just feel it yeah Well, and I think, I don't know, I feel like, you know, we're talking about our very specific experience of Mormonism, but as we were talking in our pre-talk, Mormonism is a religion that comes out of an American culture. Yeah. And it's, it's a very capitalistic religion. Yep. And, and so I, I feel like even though, yes, maybe we're talking about our Mormon experience, we're actually talking about a very American experience. Yeah, it's true. That, um... is based off of this, like, uh, what do I want to say, meritocracy mm-hmm. of sorts that's just super skewed. And, of course, you know, like, I mean, even all this stuff with the Roe v. Wade stuff and how they're, you know, these Supreme Court justices who are referring back to, like, common law, you know, like right. this. <laughs> and it's like, this is so, this is very similar to a Mormon experience. It's like one in the same. And so this is such a familiar type of rhetoric and argument in this state. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's literally like women's bodies and, and black people's bodies, like minority bodies are not part of, of what was constituted to be protected. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, it wasn't, so I, I just, that's something, you know, in a very, I have a very simplistic. But this all goes back to, to this is the year where the U.S. is having a Pluto return and our constitution is up for, yeah, I don't know, a huge shakeup. And yeah. I think that's being felt and this is yeah. a big trigger for it too. Of like, we're arguing about things in the constitution that have nothing to do with modern society. Well, that's what, I mean, that goes back to this, like, Mormonism is an American religion, because yeah. I don't know if you remember hearing this as a kid growing up, like, <laughs> over the pulpit, people being like, and we'll know the end of the world is coming when the Constitution hangs by a thread. You I know, don't they, think I heard that, but oh, it doesn't surprise it, me at all. I heard it all the time. I like, heard many end of days so type of scenarios in this. Yeah, yeah. No, like, but there's a very, very end of days thing that happens within Mormonism that is related to the Constitution and its holiness, mm-hmm. and basically, 
and Mormonism, like, God wrote the Constitution. Yeah. You know, so... So, also, to give you guys perspective, there is spectrum within Mormonism. So, so you can true. tell that, like, we have a big gap. <laughs> so, my family was a little bit, like, we'd, like, go to church and sneak out and, like, yeah, didn't do our, yeah. like, morning Bible studies or, like, family home evening. But we did go to church every Sunday. Yeah. Um, but then there's the Mormons who are like equivalent to Hasidic Jews, you know, it's like very, yeah, that's a little, well, I don't know if they put you quite there, but like closer to that side of it. I was there. <laughs> closer to that side of it. So I grew up downtown Salt Lake and then the further you go out into the valley, I feel like the more kind of yeah. equivalent to Hasidic yeah. type of, and once you get to Provo or BYU, yeah. it's like a bubble. But I feel like this is it is a it is a microcosm <laughs> of the American experience. Yes, so like yes. how serious do you take this American dream and how ser- like how much is the constitution tied to this? And like what does it mean to be free? Who yeah. gets freedom? Who gets what freedom? Right. How do our bodies play in all of this? What is property? Who owns it? Who owns what? And possession is a yeah. Taurus thing too. Property yeah. possession. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah. What was I <laughs> <laughs> that my body, my choice, right? <laughs> like, who owns and who gets to say and what is this autonomy, you know, yeah. and who possesses what? And I think, I don't know, sometimes I wonder if growing up Mormon just gave me this, like, hyper-American experience in the way that I experienced Mormonism to just be able to feel it in my body, just when people say certain things in a certain tone and I can feel my body and I know you're all probably in, you're all <laughs> feeling these body things happening right now and it, it's so it's paralyzing right yes, and yeah. so I again I'm looking at the otter of like how do I get out of that paralyzed what is happening and what the fuck do I do? But I think that new spark when the North Node crosses these degrees is not always just ease and pleasure and like yeah. a fresh slate. It's like a spark that, you know, that it's like an Aries point and it is a warrior point. And so I think to me, it's like fighting for the otterness mm-hmm. and rebirth, you know, like you have to do a little bit of demolition and warring to be able to have that you know interesting okay this is an interesting thought so i'm reading a book i'm reading a book about uh the rosary praying the rosary and that's uh-huh. actually like a divine feminine its origins right. are in the divine feminine and um they're the authors are it's a couple it's a married couple who wrote this book and um they talk about they did this kind of pilgrimage to this area in France where there's these black Madonnas, but also it's where these those like ancient cave paintings are, like those most ancient cave paintings. Mm-hmm. And they talk about how like they've been interpreted often as like these hunting scenes. Mm-hmm. But they're like actually more more of the pictures are about this like feminine fertility. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking now it's probably a little bit of both as you're talking about this warriorship and this embodiment but it's like I don't know I just okay wait hold on I'm losing my train of thought uh, um you were talking about what were you talking about maybe the fight to have 
the chance to be the otter. Yeah, the fight. That's right. The joy. The joy. So the this couple is talking about how they're you know they had guides taking them through all these different like ancient sites and many of them, you know, that aren't really open to the public and they somehow got access to these caves and there is one of the the local <clears throat> French women taking them through one of these caves and they asked her like you know what do you what do you see in these cave paintings what are they about for you and they were surprised at her response and her mm -hmm. response was these people who made these paintings had joy right a joy that we have forgotten right and like whoa shit like it wasn't it was just this being like i feel like what we're missing in our civilization and really about civilization versus wildness yeah. is yin and yang yeah it's yeah. you know <clears throat> being connected to nature and it's yeah. wild rhythms like nature is volatile it's yeah. beautiful and it's wild and it's terrible and it's amazing you know it's so many things but it is wild yeah and that's the feminine but i feel and, that's and then the, civilization like, is that structure and order and yeah yeah i don't know like i i feel like it's to me i'm feeling that the way that you know the biological fact but also even just the pure experience of women who give birth right and it's nature. It's that, having class to that going through that terrible, terrible pain. Yeah. For that incredible release of joy, you know, and I think that connection to nature, like, yes, like when you're not so civilized, you're gonna feel a more physical pain. Yeah. But what comes with that is this like incredible joy. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, what you know. What have we lost with all of our, what we think are comforts, you know? Yeah. And there's a, a podcast, uh, I can't even remember the name of it, but the guy talks so much about <clears throat> how much we've lost our connection with, with nature. And I know that's not true for everybody, but in general, in like... General. I do feel like our way back to harmonizing body is valued, feminine is valued, is getting back to some sort of connection to raw nature, yeah. you know? And we just keep wanting to make it more and more synthetic. Uh, <clears throat> or just so like even our connection to For nature convenient. has to be like scientifically proved, you know, so right. I'm doing, you know, so Allie and I just finished a shamanic practitioner training we've been doing for a year, right. basically. Um, and then now I've started a training to become a nature and therapy guide. And it's so interesting to me that like, so it's basically, you know, some of you have heard of forest bathing, right? The Shinyu Roku thing and a Japanese concept. But it's like, we don't, want to believe it's so easy again this otter right. energy is like just going outside so we have to have all these scientific studies yeah. that prove 
that going outside does <laughs> all these thing. things to our body and for our mental health. Yeah. It's just like, oh my God, just how convoluted does it have to be? Like, how nuts are we that we have to be so convinced to go outside? <laughs> and maybe it's that simple with the otter. It's just like yeah, people waking up, each of us waking up to a need to just reconnect with the simplicity of uh, the beautiful, terrible nature. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's like the raw, it's just the rawness of nature yeah. and how it is. It is pleasure even in its destruction, you know, yeah. even when it's going through cycles of, of um, death and decomposition, there's still like a, a beauty in that and a sensuality in that that is pleasurable in a way you know well and I think it's also reassur- I think we what we in our death de- death denying culture I actually think that causes us more pain than we realize like we think we're you know we're avoiding it denying it and we're just going to be young forever and that's the more pleasurable thing and I think actually no that's that's terrifying. Like a forever young, a forever progressing and growing is actually quite terrifying to me. And I, I long for a culture and a perspective that yes, we grieve loss. Yes, we grieve death, but there is a comfort in knowing this is part of the cycle. Right. That this is natural, that this is how it is. And I, I don't know. I think I think in when we talk about body discomfort, often for me it's it comes when I deny something like a a reality of my nature, you know, mm-hmm. or um, you know, even when we we you know going back to this idea of hedonism, you know, it's like it's not about just eating whatever I want whenever right. I want because I'm actually gonna feel sick if I yeah. do that, you know, like. Is yeah, is tuning into the being so connected to the body that you yeah. know when it's yeah. nourished and you know when it needs rest and you right. know when it needs to move and you know when it needs to shout right and kick the dirt right and you know and when you, it and needs it to jump and and oh, whoop with excitement right and, and knows when to slow down like I love that my mom she's seventy five. And she gets so angry at, like, they're probably pharmaceutical commercials that show, like, <laughs> these, you know, elder people who are, like, riding, like, doing marathons and, like, yeah. riding their bikes all day long. And my mom is just like, I just want to slow down. <laughs> Finally, I get to just, why are they making me feel like yeah. I need to be pushing the limits and defying my age yeah you know and I'm like yeah that's there's so yeah when it comes to pleasure and I'm like that's why I look forward to old age of like oh my god I can finally slow (laughs) down and just like maybe I'll wake up at this time maybe I'll read a book maybe you know like if I'm lucky you know enough to have that kind of leisure but yeah or whatever it is it doesn't have to be like our American version of retirement. <laughs> extreme as the, but, the grandpa in Little Miss Sunshine where he's oh like, I'm God. just going to do an arrow with Yes, that. Because <laughs> I don't have Amazing. anything else to do. <laughs> like, Amazing. 
I forgot I mean, about that's it. nowhere close to where I would yeah. feel, but it just got yeah, there we go. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna die in a couple of years. Let's yeah. try some <laughs> Might as well get some joy out of this. That's awesome. Not like, promoting that. It's please just, don't. It's yeah. just, uh, yeah. I don't know. It made me laugh. A yeah, lot. it is good. No, that. <laughs> but I think that's it, right? Of like, and I definitely know I will not feel that way because I've always had the sense that if I ever did that, I would immediately die. Oh, I think, yeah, I think I would implode. But I don't know. It just, for whatever reason, that cracked me up in that movie. Yeah, that is a good, no, that is, I love that. That is a lovely, And I think he movie. may have OD, so probably not the greatest thing to In the movie? I can't remember. I know he died, but I can't, I can't remember, remember if it was the specific. if it was natural. I don't know. Anyway, anyway we're not promoting that. that. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> to even bring it up. But yeah, right, that. I feel like, but that's the thing. I think that's. That's the crone, mm. right, is what I'm getting at. Is yeah, irreverent, just like... Irreverent, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. I don't have to be anything for anyone. I don't yeah. have to be this forever young yeah. person. I am old and bitchy yeah. and whatever. Yeah, I love that. Like, yes. And so, I think, you know, whatever, I think that's tuning into where your body's at and what phase you are in life and, like, what kind of energy. I feel like most of us in our culture are just way stressed out so so stressed out i feel like whatever moments of slowing down you can i mean to the point as i said earlier in this podcast like i'm in this never that i can recall been in a phase of life where i didn't have yeah something school a job a pressurous you know like this bizarre little place of nothing and I have this negotiation with myself every day of like I know this is very temporary relax into this and I'm like uh yeah. uh what should I be doing right now because yeah. our culture is so based on yeah so I'm taking yeah. this otter and being like okay okay yeah I just need to play maybe go have fun while yeah. I have this downtime which I'm not doing yeah I'm still giving myself this crazy purpose with watching court cases every day on YouTube <laughs> you should go play I mean that's fun I should go get into nature and you should go just, get into nature yeah. and just turn oh off. my god soak it up turn off things to learn stop learning stop and learning. go into nature Oh my gosh, absolutely. What, how, I mean, that's interesting because you mentioned earlier that how our bodies, how we inherit our, our mother's stress mm-hmm. responses. And uh, like I said, we just Which, finished our. A little context yeah. to that, like in uterus time when we're fetuses. Yes. Um, the hormones that are running through our mother's system have a lot to do with how our stress wiring. Of course, our DNA and genetics have something to do with it, but the hormones in our mothers also have a lot of determination in terms of how our stress system, or our nervous system turns out. Yeah. That's not as related to genetics. Yeah. I mean, in a <coughs> I guess, degree of separation, that might be related but 
and there's a thing called slow life history strategy and fast life history strategy. So if you're getting a lot of cortisol, which is a stress hormone, that's communicating to the fetus that you're coming into a stressful environment and you respond, you have like a heightened response to cortisol. And I definitely have that mm-hmm. versus the slow life history strategy doesn't have as much of a response to cortisol and they're better at like planning for the future and being calm and like (laughs) taking the slow and steady and building their life slowly and the fast life history strategy are a little bit more risky and like we're gonna have kids earlier and more of them because they may not survive and like I'm gonna spend all the money I have right now because you know tomorrow's bringing and yeah I'm not on the extreme end but I, I definitely like would skew slightly into the fast life history strategy. I skew a lot into the fast life <laughs> strategy and I'm trying to slow down. And I don't cut, there is a correlation to like socioeconomic status, which you could imagine, like, yeah. you know, if you're in the lower end of that, just perpetuates the fast life history strategy. And yeah. that's not a fetus's fault, a newborn's fault, and that's the wiring you end up with and not everyone in that you know I'm sure there's many mothers that have a calmer demeanor in a lower SES but yeah it goes the opposite way like I came from a middle class area and not everyone has a slow life history coming out of that you know yeah I did not yeah (laughs) most of the people I grew up with did and have done that much more stable pattern of developing and I'm like the stability what (laughs) (laughs) let's look for today yeah Yeah, seriously (laughs) yeah no I mean what I was gonna say with that is so uh and thinking about the body um and I've thought a lot about over the past few years about or whatever uh for a while trying to be um, cognizant of the fact that I've inherited my mother's stress response and trying to be um, mm-hmm. just aware of my tendencies, my behaviors around stress and yeah. trying to remedy that. But And I do think like with awareness and behavioral training, like I think I've seen a huge improvement in myself since I've understood this. Yeah. You can slowly rewire a bit. Yeah. So, I mean, yes. So, or just know how to, how to recover and recuperate better from stresses and know as soon as you're having a response, you know? Anyway. Yeah. And so for some reason, rewiring for me has a lot to do with neurological things. I don't, and, and I'm not saying... That's just the way I've always pictured it in my mind. Like when I think of rewiring, I think of brain. And I had, you know, during all of the shamanic training we've been doing, we've done a lot of different journeys. Mm. And one of the final journeys, uh, I won't get into all the details, but so I went out to the Redwoods to be with, you know, part of our cohort uh, to do our final journeys together and had this incredible experience in the Redwoods. And just, it hit me of like, I don't want just a rewiring. I want a reveining. Yeah. You know, and it, and, and what that came through to me was just like, you know, basically spending more time outside Mm -hmm. and like reconnecting to the mother. Yeah. You know, like, and so I feel like Tara's season for me now is just like finding joy and just like these 
these ideas of like grounding and going yeah, outside totally. and just like this and and it makes you know I've read a lot about different like ancient and indigenous cultures and they all have their own version of this where whether it's a few days after a baby is born or then in subsequent like um, just kind of milestones where there's kind of initiations and ceremonies to take a human into the next phase of life but um, there for sure is a specific at some point ceremony and ritual where the child is reconnected to the mother right and it's it's not so they're disconnected from their biological parents it's not about them being the parents it's how can these parents teach the child to create a relationship with the mother earth and the father son right you know so it's like these are your parents. Right. This is who you need to get to know. Which I this, think is so healthy. Right? Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm I'm remembering that and I'm so grateful for this journey that I had and the different uh things that came to me through that. And it was just like I want a reveining. I want mm-hmm. like, yes, I've inherited my biological mother's stress responses, but Yeah. I am of the earth. And well, how and can I revein into that rhythm and that... And that's why, I mean, it's sad that I have to even, like, cite research. Yeah. But there is research supporting that, like, when you spend time in nature, it does... Recalibrate. Recalibrate you to yeah. a natural rhythm. Yeah. And yeah, you can recalibrate yourself and you right. can learn a lot about a natural rhythm right a programmed rhythm right and that to me was like beyond rewiring it was just like this is not a metrics thing this is a rhythmic it's a rhythmic thing yeah and it cannot be measured and it cannot like yes to a point but like it's just like okay my body is reconnecting to the earth and that's how I want to, you know, I want to learn from the earth how to respond to stress. Yeah. You know, in a natural, I mean, it doesn't mean it's easy, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, but I do hope for everybody that this north node moving through Taurus, that we all get the chance to kind of release some shadows Mm. around body and embodiment and your natural orientation around culture and culturation versus wildness Mm -hmm. and find what's actually natural for you not what was trained into you you know right and like Become the otter. It really does feel like that. Like, yeah. Become the otter and fight for your right to be whatever's natural to you and, and be connected to your body in a sensual, joyful way to get the communication from your body and not your mind. Yes. And that's something like, it's one reason I think the shamanic practice has done a lot for me in this way of like, inner world stuff but I've also been trained in breath work and that's um a specific it's called healing breath work and it's specifically about body information mm-hmm. and I I do that a lot a lot and it is a very 
in tune with body practice to me of like receiving body information yeah and revelation from body yeah and it's, I love that. yeah it's really which I've been meaning to get back into like offering that and I need to do it but yeah anyway yeah. My own internal thought just came out there. <laughs> and by the way. <laughs> but I do hope, I think we've seen a lot of shadows, and I hope this north node that we're about to cross, like, brings some new sparks and some new yeah. direction and impulse and to connecting to the otter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it feels like a little bit of... Um, having to I don't want to say fight but like incite your warrior to establish your boundary and be like yeah this is my right you know yeah, yeah. stand up for yourself in order to have the right to be the otter you yeah, know? I love that. yeah that's what it is <laughs> amen amen <laughs> okay we have that was a lot. Hi. That was a lot. Happy North Node Crossing, yeah. guys. <laughs> it will feel so good. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I hope so, because it's been a weird Oh, my God. For sure. Yeah. Okay, we will see you on the other side of the North Node in Gemini season. Yes. After, oh, Mercury retrograde too, just a note. Oh, yeah, P.S. P.S. Next three weeks. Don't do anything. No. No, I don't. <laughs> no. Don't initiate new things. <laughs> Lean into things that are already going because you're getting feedback to make tweaks and revisions and that's a good process it's a needed process and it's valuable and comes with delays and frustrations and redoing things but it's to yeah you know make what's in process the best it can be so right yeah anyway all right we'll see you guys everyone next time